0: Bruce Newberry, the food dude.
1: Chef Doug Mack and Mary's at, uh, give me the full name.
2: Well, the restaurant, well, we can talk about that as, you know, what ha- how it evolved over 40 years. But uh, the property now is Mary's at Balden Creek. So it's Mary's Restaurant. Baldwin Creek flows through the property, and, uh, you know, that's why it's named what it is. We were a small storefront restaurant in Bristol a long time ago and moved down here.
1: Nice. Nice. Uh, and, I mean, everybody in the county knows you.
2: Well, I'd like to think it's broader than that. Uh, you know, it's the most famous garlic soup in the world, so they come from far and near to enjoy the uh, not only the garlic soup, but the whole package which we present here.
1: All right. Well, uh, let's start with the soup, and then we'll go on to the package. Okay. So tell me about the soup. Where, does the, where did this garlic soup come from? Where did this recipe come from?
2: Well, I created the recipe in 1984 uh, on Main Street in Bristol, Vermont, where our original restaurant was. And it was kind of the marriage of Monument Farms uh, cream, and, uh, and no chef goes anywhere without a garlic chop to throw into things and it was just kind of something that which I think happens in a lot of really great dishes is it just kind of happened and I didn't think very much of it at the time uh, we had a seasonal changing menu and we had it on you know periodically but people would come from Burlington or Montreal or New Jersey and say hey you know I had that soup uh, where did it go you know my wife <laughs> was very accommodating when and come in kitchen go hey Doug can you whip up some of that soup you know there's some people here that came all the way from California and they really want to have it and I'm like through clenched teeth going, of course, honey, I'd be happy to make that. And I then can think came, of nothing else. Exactly, and then it became like a standard. You cannot take this off a seasonally changing menu. Cream is always happening. Garlic is always happening. Chicken stock is always happening, and that's all that's in that soup. Wow. So it's a, a no-brainer of things coming together very easily that just created this very rich, you make homemade bread every day, you dip it in the soup. It's just kind of a, a, a natural... Uh, something that just goes together without much thinking. Not that I didn't put a lot of thought into it, of course, but um, you know, it was a very spontaneous thing, and and it's still happening now that, you know, people still come, I remember that garlic soup, and you know, the thing is, if you create a monster, it has to be the same every time, and a chef has to be consistent, and a restaurant has to be consistent, so the same recipe only one guy makes it o- only one guy's ever made it in the 35 40 years that we've been making it and that would be me so that that's something you know our sign has a garlic clove on it right uh, right if, if you don't like garlic you really shouldn't come here but you know, <laughs> well I mean
1: I think everybody likes it it's it's it, people have some strong opinions about it but I, I don't think there's anybody that actually dislikes it I mean they may they may not fully appreciate it.
2: Well, let's put it this way, Bruce, you know, a lot of people tell me that, oh, I can't eat that because I'm going to smell like garlic in the morning. And we have had more weddings here of people who came and ate garlic soup together <laughs> than I think any other property in Vermont. And so I think it's I don't I agree with that. I think it's, uh, you know, it it evaporates, it goes away and it creates this whole other ambiance, which is uh, yes. you know, true, uh, true love of food and, and going out and, and being convivial with people. So. You know, I've talked to a lot of people at the tables and I've never smelled garlic on their breaths and they haven't gone, oh, my God, Doug, could you brush your teeth or something? You know, it's like, So I think it's all you can debunk that whole theory. That's in it. Our mind.
1: That's it. And, it. and it goes deeper than, OK, everybody's eating it. So everybody smells the same. Everybody stinks. <laughs> so nobody stinks. It's it's beyond that. And you're it so is right beyond that. I first got. I first became aware of that phenomenon, and it may be just a peculiar peculiar phenomenon to garlic. I was reading a book by Ruth Reichel, and she was talking about... I think she was talking about either the garlic festival in California or just a a night that she was out with a bunch of people and being a food writer and she really makes uh, food come alive in the pages and so forth. And and she was talking about how everybody was eating garlic, everything. I mean, they had probably a garlic soup and they had uh, garlic in the bread and they were just eating roasted garlic and, and everything. And not only did Not only was there not the the offensive odor, but there was this kind of spell that was cast over everybody. It's almost (laughs) like you were under the influence of something. And and that always stuck with me. And I, I, you know, I think there is something to that. I really do. Now, I've I've not been to the Garlic Festival in California. Have you have you ever been to the Garlic Festival?
2: Well, I've been where it's from because, you know, we use a lot of garlic. So we've gotten garlic from there when Vermont can't keep us in garlic. Um, And the Strawberry Festival happens out there, too. We actually used to do a garlic festival here as well. And there are people that kind of walk around in a garlic stupor like you would with any other, you know, intoxicant. So it it doesn't surprise me, but it's, I mean, that's a very nice So there's something to it, yes.
1: (laughs) Yes, there are worse things to be high on than garlic.
2: Exactly. For sure. sure, You know, I I think it's more of like, it's the whole, the richness of the soup. It's, it's, it's heady. It's, you know, got a great flavor. It has, it has more garlic in it than I could actually tell you. I don't even want to tell you how much garlic is in there because it's, it's, every time I make it, I'm like, oh my God, this is (laughs) a lot of garlic. You know, but if you don't put enough in it, it's not the same soup. So, you know, you stick with that recipe and, you know, people love it and just go with it from there, you know.
1: Do you do anything to the garlic before it goes in the soup?
2: No, I don't. Uh, I, I put it in a Cuisinart, and I obscure it into puree, and that's what goes into the soup. But it's not roasted. It's not sautéed. It's a. It takes me 30 seconds to make this soup. Wow. I really think it's it's the quality of the cream from Monument Farms. Yes, um, I go know, along been, with that. I've been buying their stuff forever. Um, it's not really the same if it's not their soup because of the fat content in the cream. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, I have nothing but accolades for the family. Um, We used to do a feast of our farms in our barn and had, you know, 16 farms from around the neighborhood that we would make things from their product and people would come in. Every relative from Monument has been here and served that soup from, you know, Mr. James to his wife, to the kids that are now doing it. So, I mean, a lot of there's a great story about that soup um, and, and stories are really what makes food a lot of times you know because it's not you can go and eat it but it's like what happens to you when you're there you know the the, the, the feeling you have after you eat it that that's a story also so. You know, food has is more to me than just sitting down and having a meal. There's a lot of stuff that goes into that whole recipe that's not in that recipe. You know, so it's a yes, it's an interesting thing. Yeah, and that and that
1: would answer the next question that I would ask, which is, well, is is there a recipe? Is there someone else that can make it? Because I don't think, Doug, in listening to you, that there would be anybody else. And and I don't think you're divulging any secrets to us because I don't think there's anybody else that's going to make that like you.
2: No, it's pretty curious because I've been asked that question many, 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 many many years before a lot of these people were even born and Mm -hmm. reading it now. And, uh, you know, and and my wife is always do not give the recipe out. You know, gourmet has asked for it. Bon Appetit has asked for it. Everybody the New York Times has asked for it. And I'm like, no, it's a personal thing. Um, So there is no recipe. although There is a recipe. I always say it's garlic cream and chicken stock, and I have every one that I've ever given that to almost come out and go, I I can't make it the way you make it. Exactly. So it is – we thought about canning it. We thought about freezing it. It's just not the same product as when it's just made in small batches in a kitchen by one guy. Um, who's doing 20 things else at the same time.
1: I, I Maybe that's it. Maybe it's you have to be multitasking. And... <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, only good chef is.
1: <laughs> oh, well, there you go. So maybe that's the secret. Maybe that's the real secret. No, I, I think there's something to it. And uh, it, it's funny because there is more to that dynamic, I think, than you realize. Someone like yourself, Chef Doug. I'm sure
2: that's true. And yeah. you have
1: the touch. You just have that magic. And it's really nothing short of magic. It's alchemy that happens
2: well thank you i appreciate that comment
1: i'm with you i'm with you and, <laughs> and you know don't uh, I, I think that we can try to and i'm sure a lot of people who know a lot more about food than i do i have tried to take this thing apart and say well okay anybody can make this it's just three ingredients so what is uh-huh. there what is there to do it we'll do a chemical analysis we'll put it through a, a, a an analyzer we'll get an algorithm we'll do we'll figure it out <laughs> but you can't and uh hey there's one thing chef doug you'll never be replaced by artificial intelligence
2: that's quite true (laughs) in that particular dish anyway
1: (laughs) (laughs) so how best to enjoy the garlic soup there at Barry's at baldwin creek
2: uh with someone you love and a great glass of wine and uh with a with freshly made bread with butter well that's (laughs) galleons, salt and pepper that's about it there you
1: go tell me about that bread do you make the same bread every night
2: i make the same bread every day i've been making the same bread for 40 years and it's awesome you know my food is very simple i I don't like to make things very complicated um i'm not a professionally trained chef i've a fine arts degree in photography and a minor in painting i cooked myself through college and i i didn't always like take the simple route but i wanted to i helped found the vermont fresh network i thought nice product is the is the key to every dish, and we lead tours in Tuscany now. We've been doing that for 15 years, and I've never met an Italian that's got a complicated dish. It's all where it's coming from, how you respect what you're used how, how you're using it, and then this the environment that it's being served in. You know, it's not something you're gonna s- slop on and then run out the door. It's something you sit down, you eat. It's a course, you love it, um, and you know you have to get over the fact that it's like oh there's so much garlic i couldn't possibly <laughs> eat that you know it's like if i blindfolded you and you took a bite you go that's delicious yes so that's the key to the whole thing you know you have to enjoy it You've got to take the time you got to savor it but i'm a huge proponent of local products um i've always been that's definitely part of my my art, art as far as creating food for people but, you know, and it goes back to the story of things, because then you get to tell the story about the people that have the cows and where it comes from. Yes. So it, it, it's always more than just food.
1: You're so Right and don't don't dismiss the terroir because uh, I've been a believer for a long time many years that uh, food just tastes better in Vermont it, there's <laughs> something about it and and you know what I'm born out I think I'm born out by this because none other than Thomas Keller got up there in Washington a month or two ago and mm-hmm. is and is talking about uh, Diane St. Clair's cows not far yep. from the Monument Farms cows
2: exactly right Exactly. Yeah, Diane got married here.
1: (laughs) Get out. This state is too small, Chef Doug.
2: (laughs) Everybody knows everybody. You know, it's hard to uh, avoid anyone in the food business, at least anybody who's been around for a while, Uh, because we all know each other. We all know what we're doing. And, you know, Diane's husband was a bartender for us. I mean, so so it's another whole story.
1: Oh, man. Yes. how great Small is that? Small world. Well, I mean, six, <laughs> it's six degrees of everything. I mean, you take, uh, here's Diane St. Clair, who got introduced to the world by Thomas Keller.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: Thomas Keller started out where I'm based in Rhode Island uh-huh. at the uh, at the Dunes Club in Narragansett. And and then I was introduced, I knew about Diane from Donna Seibert at the Wayberry. Sure. Who brought her up the first time that I met Chef Donna? We're sitting there broadcasting from the from the deck there at the Waybury Inn, <laughs> and mm-hmm. she's telling me about this salad uh, the the uh, the
2: uh,
1: cheese that was in this particular salad that she had made, and starts talking about Diane.
2: And Diane then turned us on the buttermilk and her next you know soiree into small batch things as far as what you can do with the byproducts from the the butter. So she's got a great buttermilk book. Um, you know, really great girl. Really works hard. Really works hard. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, as much as any chef, you know, I've always thought that as an innkeeper and a chef, it's so much like farming that it's incredible. And actually, we've, we've been a small farm. I still have a small vineyard on the property that I maintain. I'm getting too old to be able to do everything all the time and realize that and i'm like why do i need to grow food when there's so many people growing food right up the street from me but you know there's a lot of rock stars in vermont um, and that's a reason why a lot of people come here is that because it's a small place it's great artisanal food the products are fantastic and the people that make the products have a really interesting story that they like to tell so it's a it's a pretty intense little package, you know to to digest as far as how this really works in a really small state, but that's that's really what it is. It's really honest food made by real people, and people make real food out of it, you know, and so that's that's why I'm in Vermont, you know, so
1: I'm with you. I'm with you. Me too. Well, uh, so great, and uh, just to be able to taste the soup and have the experience listening to it, uh, it really was <laughs> really was great. So uh, it makes us all want to just uh, head on head on over there to uh, Mary's and have ourselves a bowl or two. And so we'll make we'll make sure we do that very very soon.
2: Okay, sounds great,
1: Chef Doug. Thank you very very much for the time. I really appreciate it.
2: Pleasure's online, Enjoyed
1: it. So you're the uh, so if you're in the Vermont Fresh Network, uh, let me ask a, a, a kind of a follow up or a, a kind of tangential question. Where would you recommend somebody do the Vermont picnic that's going on? That the Fresh Network is uh, the great Vermont picnic. They're saying, you know, grab a little of this, a little of this, a little of this and, and grab your picnic. Where would you where would you send us?
2: There are so there are so many places to go and enjoy Vermont, whether it's Shelburne Farms or whether it's the beach in Shallot or whether it's someplace in Sharm on a vineyard or an apple orchard, um, or or hiking on the Long Trail. You know, unfortunately, chefs don't get out much, so I I really <laughs> I could only hypothetically. There's so many places that I haven't been where I'm. I, I send people. Um, well, there you go. But I you know I, I think a picnic area. You know I think. Most of the, the it, most of the best part of that whole experience is going to be who you're with. The background is going to be secondary. True there's so enough. many places that are that will blow your mind. Here, it all depends on where you want to be. You want to be in the mountains. You want to be in the lake. You want to be on a chairlift. I mean, there's a, there's a, uh, so many places to go. Uh, roadside little picnic areas would be just fine too. You know? What do you
1: bring along on that picnic?
2: Oh so, well, you could. What do you bring along? You know, great charcuterie, great sliced meats. Uh, great wine homemade bread i mean we are totally spoiled rotten by how much cheese is in this state for sure so i would keep it simple with just some fresh fruit keep it local keep it you know seasonal um and and bring your really good friends with you but stay socially distanced
1: (laughs) of course of course where's uh where's a great place for cheese near you these days
2: well the middlebury co-op is probably the best place to buy cheese definitely in, in addison county that's the that's the you know, you can go you know, to the center the of the universe makers, there for but, sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's so much there to go. Um, you know, I've been spoiled rotten by being spoiled going up to Burlington and going by Shelburne Farms where they have the the uh, cloth wrapped cheese at the welcome center. Just going, oh, I was just checking to see how it's going
1: today. <laughs> and, uh, Geez, I'm trying to
2: take a handful of cheese. And, um, you know, that, that's that's been one of our go to's for years, especially when our kids were little. Um, I can remember being in Cabot and camping up around that area. Tailgating in the parking lot of the cabots, you know, you know, yes, pacing area, and sending our kids going, go over, get the jalapeno cheese. And so, <laughs> um, you know, I'm an outlaw but as far as that,
1: not at all, uh,
2: but not you know, for, the Middlebury Co op works really well for us. I mean, they all come to me if I want cheese, so I'm, I'm again spoiled rotten. But there you a, go, a consumer that's where I send people.
1: Good advice, that's what we were looking for. Some good advice, all right, my friend. This will be on the radio on Saturday, fantastic. Right. Uh, and uh, so hopefully you'll have some people coming in and say, hey, I heard you on the radio. Fantastic. Good deal. Doug, thank you so much. Great uh, to talk to you. Thanks very, very much for the time. And I will see you soon. I, when I when I'm up there, which is not anywhere near as often as I would like to be, especially these days. But I'm based over at the Wayberry Inn. So I'm not far sure. from you at all.
2: Well, just to put it in the context of our, our time right now as we were open on the weekends only Friday, Saturday and Sunday. We do takeout from five until seven, uh, curbside. We have a wonderful patio, which is also 4.30 until seven. Um, so it, it's all outdoors pretty much at the moment. Uh, We're Thinking about doing some indoor things, you should call about that. But it, it's really on the weekends just because there's such a small staff at the moment. And uh, it, that's what's working for us. But we've been open through the whole pandemic. We never closed. so. Good for you. Um, yeah. It's a labor of love. Well, for thank sure. you for talking with me.
1: My pleasure. Thank you very much for talking to me. I really appreciate it. Good luck. I'll see you soon. Here's another Gaspar's success story from gasparslinguisa.com. G-A-S-P-A-R-S-L-I-N-G-U-I-C-A.com. Being Portuguese from Fall River, my Portuguese grandparents owned a restaurant there for 30 years. I grew up on Gaspar's Churis and linguica and I always cook it in with my roast beef. Yes, and that is a great tradition. Well, you can bring that back on the grill, you know. If you're doing a burger, take bars in slices, lay a slice right on top during the last few minutes. It will make the greatest, greatest uh, super burger. Yes, you will just love it. Gaspar's, it just makes whatever you are cooking so much better. Endless recipes at GasBarsLinguisa.com. Gas bars available at all major supermarkets. And if you would like to order directly anytime, you can call the GasBars Factory at 508-998-2012. GasBars for 97 years, it's the Portuguese sausage that the whole world can enjoy. So, Charlie Menard at Canteen Creamy Company, how are you?
0: I'm great. Maybe a little, little tired from a uh, from a thick summer, but otherwise, uh, feeling good.
1: Well, we're not ready for it to be quite over
0: yet. <laughs> no, we got a couple more, couple more weeks for sure,
1: at least. Very good. Well, it sure has been a fast summer, that's for sure. Uh, all things have been good though, from what I'm seeing and hearing at the Canteen Creamy Company.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's been
1: been a lot of fun well i'm glad to hear that boy we haven't had enough of that that is uh, a word that is been n- not used anywhere near enough in this summer no, like no No, i agree <laughs> good well i'm glad that it's been fun and will continue to be fun that's terrific tell me uh tell me some of what has been super popular this year and what continues to be great this year well
0: we're known for our creamies of course but that goes without saying and of course uh also known for our fried chicken. And along with that, our fried chicken sandwiches yes. remain really just kind of our, our most popular items, the fried chicken and the fried chicken sandwiches. But uh, alongside that, we do a lot of, lot of specials, a lot of unique um, items that kind of maybe almost one-offs. It gives an opportunity for myself and the cooks to kind of uh, play around a little bit and, you know, maybe we, you know, we're smoking brisket, or, um, you know, uh, let's see, whatever other items. Uh,
1: that sounds good. How? Of course, our. How often will you do that? Um, or, I mean, will it will it just be a one time and one time only thing?
0: Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, you know, it's like, you know, we get a little inspired, and and uh, you know, we'll we'll cook a brisket for a couple. Like, we'll literally, you know, take a brisket and cook it for a couple days. And then, uh, you know, everybody gets to uh, reap the benefits of that moment. And uh, then we move on to some other inspiration, whether it's uh, smoked salmon. Yes. we cure and smoke ourselves and do like a smoked salmon bowl with or uh, we just had, uh, you know, an oyster corn chowder on for the weekend. That was real nice
1: wow that sounds uh, good
0: yeah yeah
1: that sounds great that sounds great so who comes up with the ideas for these is it from you or is it from the cooks and and who are we talking about when we talk about these cooks
0: well i have uh i have a guy that um is running the uh, kitchen for me that's uh brett Molino, and he uh he really heads it up um but you know like there's a certain level of like, uh, collaborative, um, inspiration, I guess that happens here, you know, whether it's with the creamies or the food coming out of the kitchen, we call it sweet and salty. Nice. But, um, so, you know, whether it's the sweet side or the salty side, you know, sometimes, you know, a lot of the young people that work here just have really great ideas.
2: Yeah.
0: And, you know, sometimes we draw inspiration from that, you know, and, Sometimes it's a play on something that, you know, might be kind of trending out there in social media or something like that. And we'll, we'll kind of grasp onto that and, you know, do a play on it.
1: Can you give me an idea of one of those?
0: Uh, well, um, sure. Um, there's been something trending on the, with the memes on Instagram and the kids all have been kind of, joking about it a little bit it's called the glizzy and i don't know why Mm. this name glizzy has been trending but basically that's some sort of a fun name for a hot dog and so we did this uh hot dog special the other day with uh that was actually topped with brisket and some crispy fried onions and cheese and lots of good stuff on there but yeah, we called it the Glizzy, and of course, you know the kids loved it. So excellent. You know, just uh, we we can do that here. You know, we're we're kind of a fun place. You know, we're not <laughs> you a are a fun place. Sit down restaurant. We don't need to stick to any certain kind of theme, and we can play around.
1: I like it. <laughs> I like it. So what is what is on that Glizzy, or it? Can it just be? anything you want you know i happen to know charlie that the people who eat such hot dogs are referred to as glizzy gladiators
0: (laughs) really i I wasn't aware of that
1: (laughs) i'm a regular culture vulture here charlie believe me okay (laughs) so what would what was particularly on the glizzy at the canteen creamy company
0: well, there was brisket actually, so we had some, uh, we, we had some brisket that we kind of like uh, made into a real nice, rich um, mix with some sauce and oh, almost like a uh, Michigan tosses. sauce. Uh, but better, but much better. But what well, goes, yeah, than- goes without saying, Charlie goes without saying. so yeah it was you know really rich and uh hearty you know served so this uh like this big hot dog was served in a baguette so you know real hearty rich and yeah
1: sounds good to me now what was the demand like on that now you did that as a just a one-time one-time only how long ago
0: oh that was this past weekend yeah just this past weekend excellent yep and it sold out of course. Great,
1: of course. So what do you think? Do you think you might bring it back, or you just have to kind of leave that as a great memory for a while, and then it'll come back eventually, or what's the thought yeah, process? Yeah, you know,
0: sometimes we do that, you know, we'll just kind of like, uh, we'll let it go for a while, and we'll move on to the next thing, and um, then, you know, people are like, you should do that again. <laughs> and it's like, okay, yeah, we nice. can do that. Let's do it.
1: Uh, it sounds good. So You never know. You we'll never know here. You never know, and we'll see if people ask and how long it takes for people to start asking about the, the glizzy once again. But, of course, now everything counts. I mean, we're down to the last week or two, and depending on when school starts, maybe we got a little extra time. Labor Day's a little late this year, but everything counts now. So it's it's one more creamy, and it's one more trip to Canteen Creamy Company. And so now it's it's really really crunch time. So what are you looking forward to a lot of flying through that window there?
0: Well, you know, right. So at this time, you know, we are kind of still in summer mode for the next couple of weeks. But then, you know, with the season, we we kind of start to evolve with it. And, you know, the food becomes a little bit more um, takeout you know we're sure. really looking towards you know doing more entree stuff and we were actually just talking about you know doing maybe a rabbit pot pie for the for uh, coming up in wow the colder season but um you know like yeah with with the season you know we're we've always said you know our hours are seasonal and so is our menu and and uh, kind of how we do things so
2: mm-hmm. yeah, we
0: we evolve with it and you know it's Also, you know, our staffing, of course, changes dramatically, as you can imagine. Sure. The sort of people that work in a place like this, a snack bar, a creamy stand, um, you know, we have a lot of young people. And so, you know, we our schedule needs to kind of change with. Sure.
1: Those guys are going back to work and they're uh, back to school rather, and their times are going to change. And uh, yeah, I mean, you're, you are you are a creamy stand and a destination, but you're also a neighborhood place. I mean, there are enough people that live fairly close by these days right. so that they've got an affection right. for you and they're well known and you're a landmark and all that. So uh, I, I
0: got gotcha. you. Yeah. And it's really, it's a, it's a really nice thing to see happen at this time of year where you know, a lot of times in the summer, you know, we're kind of seeing maybe people in line that we don't recognize. Yeah. But then as it gets a little cooler and we start looking and it's like, oh yeah, I know them. I know them. I know, you know, like every <laughs> single person is a regular and and we start seeing them come back or, <laughs> or, you know, maybe, maybe we see them because, you know, maybe they got lost in the crowd over the summer, but yeah, it's nice. It's nice to be uh, a neighborhood place where people can kind of come and take advantage of us. We love it.
1: Definitely. Now that fried chicken and fried chicken sandwich are going to stay on the menu, right?
0: Oh yeah, those those are those are uh, staples. Excellent. Yep, absolutely. Because
1: I'll tell you, you know, talking about kind of uh, trendy dishes and things, I since we talked about the fried chicken and the fried chicken sandwich, I'm seeing fried chicken sandwiches everywhere. They seem to be just <laughs> popping up. And uh, whether people are getting your idea or where it's coming from, it is a hot, hot item. Take a minute if you would. People and love them, yeah. They do. Describe yours for us.
0: Well, we um we use all uh we actually use uh breast meat, which is uh prepared in our um kind of in the same manner as our fried chicken. So it's right. boneless white meat that um we pound out and you get two really nice pieces and so you know our our chicken dredge is you know something to die for as, as we've been told. So, um, you know, getting that in a sandwich is, uh, is really the the beginning of it. But then we make our own ranch for the original cluckster. We make our own ranch, right? Um, it gets, slaw. And, uh, of course we, we toast the bun to, uh, toasty, crispy, golden perfection. And then it gets lettuce and tomato and, uh, delicious nice and then we also do what we call the buff chick and that you know play on buffalo chicken where we take that same chicken and we um, slather it in crystal hot sauce and um, that goes with a blue cheese dressing and uh, then we do a play on a banh mi sandwich which gets served in a baguette and again, our fried chicken and, uh, some pickled vegetables and, uh, cilantro, uh, Maggie sauce, which I don't know if you're familiar with Maggie I sauce. Am. Oh, we,
1: we've been kind I of talking about secret sauces this weekend, Charlie. And let me add that oh, yeah. one to the list. The Maggie sauce. Excellent. Oh,
0: wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we use, uh, that and some some spicy mayo and lots of cilantro. Very delicious.
1: Nice. Way to go. And now, of course, the name is the Canteen Creamy Company. So we have the famous signature maple sundae going on there.
0: Right. Of course. Um, that you- one... Um, you're talking about the uh, bad Larry,
1: the bad Larry. Yes, that's the one. I, I knew I didn't have the name right. And
0: <laughs> okay, well, the bad Larry, the bad Larry is kind of two kinds um, of people bad that Larry's come to Canteen kind of Creamy. The,
1: the ones that know enough to ask for the bad Larry, and then the people like me. You know that Maple Sunday? That's like the best thing in the world.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, the bad Larry actually has been in hiding a little bit lately because the, of the humidity and it kind of. A few of the ingredients are really uh, very susceptible to the sure. humidity. Sure. So Understandable. Hopefully that one will make a comeback a few times before the end of the season. But
1: Well, with a few more one, days so like the ones that we've one. had, this kind of preview of fall, I think we've got a good shot.
0: Right. I think so.
1: Excellent. And just but, for those uh, who don't know, where are you located?
0: Where, am I, where are we located?
1: Where are you located?
0: Yes. Right. We are Right in downtown Waitsfield, um, in the Village Square Shopping Center, right near Mehiron Supermarket. Um, yeah, you can't miss us.
1: Can't miss you. Been there for uh, forever, and it is truly a landmark. And so, if you're really thinking about that one thing, that one place, that one stop to put the cap on summer, if you need to do that, Canteen Creamy Company is it. And then, of course, just know that it's still going to be there. Because you're open pretty much year-round, so that is great to know. Absolutely. All right, my friend. And we can always find you online in all of those uh, usual places. The Canteen Creamy Company and Charlie Menard getting it done. Thanks very much for giving us a little time today, and uh, it's been great to have you put a little little cap on the summer for us. We
0: appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Bruce. Good talking to you. Bruce Newberry. The Food Dude.